0: Hey, warrior sister, this is Linda Weiniger, And from now on, we're in this fight together because I'm not going to let Satan talk to you like that. So, I want to take this episode to be a little bit vulnerable and share a quick story with you. Okay, it probably won't be that quick. But um, we know that Sister Brene Brown says that vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. And she also says that owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we can do. And so here's to being courageous and brave. So in April of 2018, my husband and I were about to celebrate our 17th wedding anniversary. We had two kiddos at the time, had experienced one miscarriage after trying with six IUIs and one IVF, and this was my favorite weekend. Just finished the Sunday session of General Conference. My mom was taking care of our boys so that we could go to our second round of IVF and fertility appointment to check my body levels. So after a month of administering my own injections to get my hormone levels ready, for this second round of IBF, we were on our way to the fertility center to check if I was ready, okay? If you struggle with infertility, you know this is a super stressful moment. Even though they tell you not to stress out and relax, it's so hard not to feel anxious about this super vulnerable appointment, right? So while we're on our way there, I happen to be looking through my husband's phone for a picture probably of our cute kids or something like that, and found awful pictures and videos and my soul died. If you have experienced this kind of betrayal, you know how defeated and devastated and depressing this experience can be. Um, Needless to say, I was a mess at the doctor's office. I was numb for so long. We should have canceled the IVF, but the doctor said that I was ready to go. So we went through with that, but it ended in an early miscarriage again that began a period of my life which was so dark, I'm calling it my emotional ICU, and I'll show you what that means later on. Um, but it was mixed with a whole lot of faking it and lying to a lot of friends and family during this time. I felt I felt dead and hopeless, and I hated feeling that. I mean, I knew better, but I couldn't get out of it. I stopped doing um, the passion projects that I love, Because I thought that that could help me focus more on what I was needing to do. So I was still reading my scriptures. I was still doing Temple Tuesdays and attending more when I could, you know. And I love to read self-help books all the time and listen to living prophets and apostles and strength and more motivation from a lot of different places. But I still couldn't help but feel this deep sorrow and just depressed all the time and defeated and like like I was beat up or something. And... Which I was, obviously. Um, It was a miracle um, that I was even still alive. Like, I thought that because I died, like, that I was actually dying. And I was taking on my anger on my two miracle babies, and I knew that this was not what I wanted. And that this depression that I was feeling was not where I wanted to be, and I didn't want to take things out on those that I loved. And I decided that that is what um that is when I needed to do something different and you guys know from the the trailer on the podcast that my favorite scripture is Alma 48:9 and I just couldn't get that pain to stop so I knew I needed to do something different um and so after much coaxing from my hubby obviously he was trying to get the help that I needed, even though I thought he needed to get help, finally I decided that I would attend a therapy meeting for wives whose husbands were addicted to pornography. And I was able to share my story with a small group of women so that I could get some help. And just as a side plug, sharing your story in a safe place is so amazing. And it's just awesome. Don't keep secrets. Don't keep other people's secrets because this is your story too, okay? And so now, I know there are some mentally and emotionally strong people out there who are able to control themselves and how they feel and act um, when other people do, choose to do things. And I believe that that's possible with a lot of training, but this experience changed everything for me and I was not prepared for continued betrayal from my spouse. So I needed extra help to get out of this. And I was grateful for this new group of women who sadly had also experienced betrayal trauma because they became my closest and dearest friends. Um, One of my therapists opened my eyes to something one day that was just life-changing. They said, sorry, they said that my husband was not the addiction, but that my husband was a person experiencing an addiction he was trying to destroy he wasn't trying to destroy our family but that satan was the one that was trying to destroy our family and even though i knew this to be true it still like basically floored me because i I'd, I'd always i mean i knew that but i didn't really know that until then you know so so that began my journey in trying to separate my husband from the addiction And it's just so hard. And during one temple trip, which my husband tricked me into because he knows how much I love being in the temple, I found myself kneeling on the bench and awkwardly holding his hand across this altar. And I managed to not look into his eyes the whole time. But then towards the end, I glanced to see if he was even showing any emotion at all. But this is when the Lord opened my eyes and my heart and showed me that my husband was indeed a real son of God who was struggling to get through this mortal life just like I was. And of course, then my eyes filled with tears and I remember it like it was yesterday and like all the emotions are coming. And when the Lord reveals that someone else is a child of God, he doesn't just show you for their benefit, but he shows you for yours. And in that moment, I knew that I was a daughter of God and that no matter what I chose to do, if I chose to stay with him or go, that he would still love me and that he would still be there for me. And no matter what I chose to do, that that I was still his beloved daughter. And so this was the exact thing I needed. Since D-Day, I was uncertain about my life or my kids' lives, our marriage, and I had been trying to figure it all out. But in that moment, in that house of the Lord, I decided that I wanted to stay in this fight and that... That was when my warrior woman was awakened. And I believe healing can start when you know who you really are. And I'm on a journey to help remind you who you really are and awaken your warrior within because I believe that warrior chemistry can lead us to do miraculous things in our own lives and in the lives of others. So if my story resonated with you, I want you to take a minute and think of a time when God reminded you of who you really are because Satan works so hard to make us forget and that's just part of my story and how the Lord is teaching me who I really am and it's a process and still in progress, right? So Sister Sherry Dew, she says that our spirits long for us to remember the truth about who we are because the way we see ourselves, our sense of identity, affects everything we do. It affects the very way we live our lives. So I know it's changing my life to know that I'm a daughter of God. How is it changing and shaping yours? Thanks for showing up today. I'll be here again for you tomorrow so we can talk about positive hatred. Stay strong, warrior woman. P.S. If you want to know more about our story in detail, you can look up clarkandlinda.com.